I think I'm already getting a little feedback. I'm pretty loud, it seems like. Yeah. <laughs> Gwen's my sound manager back there, so I look at her and go, you got this? <laughs> it's amazing you can get an app on your phone to control just about anything these days, so. Um, all right, I guess I ought to open that up too. Okay, so um, today we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Last week, um, I asked, we asked, whose life is it anyway, and what are we living for? Um, all of our lives can have true purpose, but we have to ask, who am I living for? So today we'll be in Ecclesiastes 7, 1 to 10. Originally, I was going to do 1 to 18, and as I started working on it and preparing, I was like, eh, we're not going to make it that far. So... We may end up a little short today, I don't know, but uh, 1 to 10 is what we're shooting for. So let me pray, and then we'll get started. Father God, we thank you once again for um, the opportunity to be joined together as um, believers in Christ. We thank you for the family that we are because of that, and the body that we are because of that, and um, all because of you, Jesus, we thank you. We ask that as we look into your word this morning, that we would see you, that we would recognize you in the, in the midst of this text, and that you would be working in our hearts and just drawing us closer, showing us um, where we need to be conformed to your image, and, and um, Lord, just thank you that you care enough to, to enlighten our hearts. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to go ahead and read verses 1 through 10, and then we'll go back and hit them pretty much verse by verse. So, um, Ecclesiastes chapter 7, 1 to 10. A good name is better than a good ointment, and the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. It is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, because that is the end of every man, and the living takes it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter. For when a face is sad, a heart may be happy. The mind of the wise is in the house of mourning, while the mind of the fools, of fools is in the house of, of pleasure. It is better to listen to the rebuke of a wise man than for one to listen to the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorn bushes under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool, and this too is futility. For oppression makes a wise man mad, and a bribe corrupts the heart. The end of a matter is better than its beginning. Patience of spirit is better than haughtiness of spirit. Do not be eager in your heart to be angry, for anger resides in the bosom of fools. Do not say, why is it that the former days were better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask about this. All right, so here's my, here's how I broke it up. Um, so basically one to six, keep the end in mind. And then 7 to 10, choose what's better. Um, I had some people saying, it was nice having that up on the screen to see. So um, I did a little bit of that again this week. I may, it may become a habit. You never know. Um, all right, so verse 1. A good name is better than a good ointment, and the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth. Uh, we start with this odd statement. Uh, a good name is better than a good ointment. So it's like, okay, what, what in the world is that supposed to mean? Um, and ointment, I'm like, 
you know, to me, an ointment is calamine lotion or something, you know, it's, I've got an itch or something, but, but it seems to be that it's probably uh, refers to perfume or, you know, oil. Oil would seem to be a big thing back in, in the Old Testament. Um, why, would, why would perfume be a big deal 3,000 years ago? What's that? Yeah, they didn't bathe that often. What else? Didn't take showers. Anything else? It was a sign of wealth, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that seems to be kind of what this directs at as well. Um, but yeah, you know, they didn't bathe that often. There's sewage running in the streets. And I mean, there's, there's things like that in, in places. And there's animals everywhere. So animals leave their droppings everywhere. And um, so, yeah. A good name being even better than that, um, even better than being over to, able to overcome some of the, the smells that are unpleasant. Um, and it is also having the, the means to have those things was also a sign of wealth, as she said. Um, but a good name is even better. Do you know anyone who smells okay on the outside? but the stench of their reputation precedes, precedes them? There are some people like that. They, they look pretty good. Um, how did Jesus describe the Pharisees? Whitewashed tombs, right? I think he also had the word sepulchers in there too, but I didn't know how to spell that one, so I just went with tomb. Um, they looked nice on the outside, but in their, the inside he said they were full of death. Um... Proverbs, uh, I think I've got that up there. Yeah, Proverbs 22.1. A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Favor is better than silver and gold. And then continuing in that verse, um, and maybe continuing the thought or maybe emphasizing it, um, it is better to die than be born. Better to die... The day of your death is better than the day of your birth. From Solomon's perspective, why might it be that the day of your death is better than the day of your birth? Right. Yeah. When you're dead, they're all done. All your troubles are done, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> your earthly troubles are done. We'll put it that way. Yeah. Anything else? Any other reason why the day of your death may be better than the day of your birth? Okay, yep. If you're suffering, it could be a relief. I was thinking about, um, in, in light of the first half of this verse, at birth there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of things that you can say, Who's this person going to be? What, what are they going to do with their life? We don't really know. There's a lot of possibilities ahead. But there's nothing to show to say, here's who I am. This is what I've done with my life. This is how I've conducted myself. I have a good name because of the things I've done. And so it seems like maybe um, that's kind of where he's getting at. At the end of your life, you had a, you've had a chance to do something. 
to make a difference, to make a good name for yourself based on how you've treated others, how you've conducted business, um, how you've raised your kids, have you loved your husband or wife, have you tried to make a good name for yourself only to glorify yourself or to serve others? So it's this idea of, you know, a good name comes with time. It's not like you're, you know, obviously there are those who go, hey, you know, this great person had a, had a child. Be exciting to see what comes of it, you know. We think of David as being a great man. We think of Solomon being a great man, but you look at who came after Solomon, and it's not so good, you know. So we, but we don't know those things until we don't really see who somebody is or what somebody is until they've gotten through their life. And it's that, it's that fruit that we talk about and that uh, I think Charlie was talking about last week. Um, so let me ask this. As followers, followers of Christ, what would you say is better, birth or death? Death? I think so, and yet on the other hand, I think if, I, if we're never born, we never have the opportunity to know Christ as a redeemer. I think about, um, I think it was Paul that, that you, you know, talks, he's talking about the redemption that we have, and he says things that angels long to look into, and I think they long to look into it because they don't know redemption. They don't need to be redeemed. We have this amazing gift in redemption that we have because we were born, because we were born into sin. You know, it's an amazing, it's this odd thing, but, but I think, you know, having that opportunity to know Christ, if you're born and you don't know Christ, then you would have been better off never to be born for sure. So anyway, that's kind of my, my two cents. Anybody want to add or question me or anything? All right. Verse 2, it is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, because that is the end of every man, and the living takes it to heart. How many people here enjoy going to funerals? It's okay to say yes, but what about a birthday party or a dinner party? If you're an introvert, you may be going, eh, not so much, you know. <laughs> um, you know, would you rather go to a funeral or would you rather come to chilly night and hang out? And I know Jim would rather not play games, but, you know. Um, no, that's just no, it won't. It won't. It, it lives forever. <laughs> would, you rather, would you rather have that fellowship with, you know, I still remember when I was um, in high school, I'd worked up at the camp in Colorado, and there was a good. There was a guy I had gotten to know that first summer, and uh, his dad was on the board of the camp up there. And his dad, he had a. It was just he and a brother, and then his mom and dad. His mom and dad and his brother were flying up to Colorado to go to a board meeting, and they were in a small plane, and it crashed and killed all three of them. And so he was all of a sudden alone. I remember going to the funeral in Houston, and I saw all these people that I hadn't seen since I'd been up at camp. And it's like, you want to, I can't, 
you know, oh, 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 it's exciting to see you, but it's, it stinks why we're here. You know, so it's that, so if, if we said, hey, we're going to get together for a reunion, everybody get together and let's hang out, that's a lot more fun. It's more fun, but what's more beneficial? Why, why is it better, why is it more beneficial to go to a funeral? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it reminds us that life is short, that it, there is an end. Uh, I've shared this before, but I, I still remember, um, I remember going to, there's not a ton of people in here who will remember, but G Gary Spataforo was a, uh, one of the deacons here. He was a single guy, really neat individual. Um, and I remember we were in the midst of having little kids and, you know, dealing with life and that thing. And and he was, I remember him offering a couple of times, hey, you know, love to have get together and just have dinner with you guys. He said, I'll bring it over if, you, you know, he said, I don't really have a good place to meet, you know, with all this. And it was just like, oh, you know, we, we never could quite make it happen. Well, very quickly, he came down with cancer and died very, fairly shortly afterwards. And I remember going to his funeral and it was like, I missed out. And I, you know, obviously when you go to a funeral, people don't tend to, you know, dump all the garbage but you do realize that there's this, you know, I missed out on knowing this person. I, I, I can say that, I think I can say that with pretty much every funeral I've been to, um, even my, I'll get to in just a second, even my brother's funeral recently, you know, there were these couple of guys who got up and talked and it's like, you know, I wish I could have known my brother in some of those circumstances, but, but I, I didn't, I don't, you know, so. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing is, you know, being inspired, hopefully, by somebody like that, that like, am I having impact in people's lives? And I think we probably, most of us have impact in ways that we don't, that we're not aware of. Um, and, you know, there were probably some people that were at Gary's funeral who weren't aware of, that he wasn't aware of, you know, the impact he'd had. But, but yeah, I think there's a lot of benefit. And I, I still remember several years back I went, I need to go to more funerals. I don't like going to funerals. It's not fun going to funerals, but the, there's great benefit 
and going to funerals. It reminds us I'm going to be here, and it reminds me to be involved in people's lives, because if I don't, then I miss out. Okay, I'm going to skip, take that one off for a bit. Um, verse 3. Um, oh, I was going to, before I, before I go on, I, I don't remember what, I remember this quote from a movie, um, everyone dies, but not everyone truly lives, you know. Um, I can't remember what, what movie that was from, but it's kind of like, are we living to die? I think we talked about that last week. Are we living to die? Or are we living while we have the opportunity? Okay, uh, verse 3. Sorrow is better than laughter, for when a face is sad, a heart may be happy. So what happened to laughter is good medicine. <laughs> um, who likes to be sad? Again, kind of like going to a funeral. Not most of us, you know. Um, is there any advantage or benefit to sorrow? Yeah. What is it? Right. 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 The emotions are more real. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? What, what, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know I know I've said it before, but but I tell tell people all the time. I tell my kids, and you know, I don't know if I've told my kids. Maybe I have. Maybe I haven't. Probably have. <laughs> anyway, um, you know. When, when we have tears because somebody is gone, whether they had to leave town or whether they you know, have passed away, it demonstrates that there was love. Um, when my, I had a grandmother who died and a couple of my aunts went to therapy to talk about why they couldn't cry, why they couldn't be sad because she was gone. And that is sad, you know, because they just, she was not a loving person. She wasn't, you know, and they were like, can't really get upset that she's gone, so. That's tragic. That right there is tragic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not a medical guy, so I'm going to take your word on that one. <laughs> um, is Solomon saying you should never be happy, you should never laugh? Clearly, no, that's not, not what he's getting at. Um, Proverbs 14, 13, even in laughter, the heart may be in pain, and the end of joy may be grief. Uh, verse 4, the mind of the wise is in the house of mourning, while the mind of the fools, of fools is in the house of pleasure. So mind here uh, could be heart. So regardless of where you actually are, the fool only wishes he could be partying, while the wise person, even though he may be at a party, he may be, you know, having whatever, getting together with folks, 
um, you know, he, is, he keeps a good balance. He remembers that everyone dies, that life is not one big party. So that's just kind of a continuation of where we were. And um, Proverbs 16, 25, there's a way which seems right to, man, to a man, but in the end, it, uh, the end is the way of death. Um, so it's just that idea of some people just want to, the fool just wants to, just wants to party, but that doesn't bring life. It brings death. Um, all right. Yes. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> um, well, when a loved one is passed down, mm-hmm. we honestly get together and we Yeah, and let me, I'll, I'll jump off on that. So at my brother's funeral, um, you know, there, there were two guys who um, got up to share who he knew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that I, one of them I've met a few times, the other one I think it was the first time I'd ever met him. But listening to their stories about him, you know, it's like, th- that is encouraging. You know, and I remember my dad saying it was just neat to hear, because he and my dad especially didn't have a great relationship for a lot of years. And so to hear those things and hear how they touched other people's lives, just like you said, is, is such a blessing for the family, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I talk to people who smoke marijuana, and it's like, I just, it just makes me not care. Well, that's great. You know, I mean, that's not a, that's not a great solution either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a good distinction. Yeah, it's it's not just, you know, we're getting together for dinner, but we're, what do we got to do? And it's interesting because you, you see, you know, so many people in our society and in our world who are just looking for the next thrill, the next, you know, hey, what are we going to do tonight? What are we going to, you know? And it's like, they're, it's never satisfied. It's never satiated. So... But it's like we just, I, I got to keep moving because if I stop, then I start to think about what's life really about, and I have no idea. I don't know where to find those answers, so I just got to keep moving. Got to keep making noise. Um, verses five and six. It is better to listen to the rebuke of a wise man than for one to listen to the song of fools. For as the crackling of thorn bushes under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool, and this too is futility. So which one would you say is more fun? Being rebuked, corrected, reprimanded, or listening to a bunch of goofy, you know, maybe even drunk people, you know? Like, which one's more fun? Do 
we like getting rebuked? No, we don't. None of us do. None of us like being corrected. Which one's more beneficial? It's pretty obvious. Um, I was thinking of, uh, in Proverbs, foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Are we shocked when a child wants to have fun? No. Are we upset when they want to have fun? Sometimes. Not initially. If they're supposed to be doing something else and we're, you know, you know, it says the rod of discipline will remove it far from them. So there's a process of trying to, you know, bring them along, but... Um, we're not shocked when they pretty much just want to have fun. It's kind of like a, we've got a puppy right now who's seven months old or whatever, and, you know, he just wants to play all the time, you know. And at some point, you've got to go, no, you're, you're getting bigger. You have to learn to, you know, do some things obedience-wise. We are disappointed when a young person remains convinced that life is just one big party. We have a problem with that. Um, when they don't start to see the seriousness of life and the opportunity to serve, be an influence on others, and of course even more so when they're in their 40s or 50s or whatever and beyond and they're still not really taking life seriously, that's not okay. For a child, we understand. You know, it's a process. But by the time they start to get into that later, those later years, you're going, okay, you need to be doing something here. Um, So, uh, to wrap up this section, are you taking life seriously? Doesn't mean being a sourpuss and always having a dour expression. It's not what it means. It's okay to have fun. It's okay to go to, to go to or to have a party. Just keep the right perspective. Keep the end in mind. That's what we're talking about. What is your best life now? Joel Osteen thinks he has the right answer to that question. But it's not about fame and fortune or comfort or even being happy, as the world would describe happy. Um, it's about keeping a right perspective, keeping our eyes on Christ, keeping our focus in the present and the future, knowing we all will give an account of how we have used the gifts. Go back to the, the, uh, the parable of the talents. Uh, how we use the gifts, the time, the resources we've been given. What are we doing with what we've been given? So just keep the end in mind is the encouragement there. Um, so moving on to the next, next section that I entitled, Choose What's Better. Uh, verse 7. For oppression makes a wise man mad and a bribe corrupts the heart. What happens when we don't keep the end in mind, when we don't remember that we are accountable for the things we do here on earth? What, do we tend to, what tends to happen when we lose that perspective? What do we focus on? Self. Self-preservation. What am I going to do? How, you know, how am I going to take care of myself? Um... It's the same as when we take our eyes off Christ. We lose perspective and we tend, to fo- we tend to focus on the temporal 
and not the eternal. We tend to forget the things that, that we've been told. That, that Just like, again, Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. It's great, great stuff, you know. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all this other stuff that was talked about in the verses before, all that stuff will be taken care of. Keep your focus correct. Um, so I think, I think what this is getting at is we kind of have bouts of temporary insanity. Mad here doesn't mean um, anger. Verse 9 uses the word anger. But this is talking about, I think, insanity, you know, when a, when a wise man loses track of where he should be and he starts to go, well, I, I've got to take care of myself. I've got to take care of my family. Who, who's going to provide? I've got to do things, and, and things aren't working out right now, so I've got, got to bend the rules a little bit. I've got to do things more the way the world does them. At the point that we do that, we're temporarily, it's a temporary insanity, because as believers in Christ, that's not our focus. That doesn't need to be our focus. It's not where we find our peace and our joy, and it's certainly not where we find our provision. Does that make sense? Um, and the same thing with a bribe. You know, I can't seem to get anything done. You know, there just seems to be a. It's very much like when um, when King Saul, you know. Uh, Samuel wasn't coming, and so he's like, things are looking bad. i got to take over. Can't wait on him anymore. You know, people are leaving. The troops are leaving. i got to do the, i got to sacrifice. i got to make this sacrifice or else we're all, you know, we're going to be in big trouble. And, of course, that's what got him in trouble was thinking, you know, God's not going to provide, you know. Samuel's not coming when he ought to be. And... And so we start to think like the world because we get this, these bouts of temporary insanity. We start thinking, I've got, to, I've got to take care of myself. If I don't, nobody else is. Oh, man. Where's our hope? Where's our trust? You know, am I trusting that the Lord has these situations under control? Or do I think I've got to, I've got to take care of it? Um. I'm probably the only one here who sometimes forgets that I'm not really the one providing for myself and my family. When I forget, it causes me to do crazy things like thinking maybe I need to do things more the way the world does them. It's temporary insanity. But I'm probably the only one. So, And it, it's probably for everybody, it's, it's a little different. You know, what's your temporary insanity? What, what, what things do you forget the Lord has that he's taking care of that I don't have to worry about. My mom used to tell, she would, Heather, this is one of Heather's favorite remembrances of my mom. She would say, don't borrow trouble, you know. And, and that has to do with that looking ahead and, you know, how am I going to deal with tomorrow? Don't worry about tomorrow. Today has enough trouble of its own, right? Um, all right. Any other thoughts on that? Anybody else want to fess up? <laughs> All right. Verse 8. The end of a matter is better than its beginning. Patience of spirit is better than haughtiness of spirit. And this sounds a lot like, um, where were we earlier in the chapter? 
the end of a matter is better than its beginning. It's very similar. Uh, the end of life is better than, than your birth. Um, is it always true? Is the end always better than the beginning? Um, I was reading in one of the commentaries that said, you know, if, if you start with sin, then it doesn't matter. It's going to end badly regardless. Um, but why is the end generally better than the beginning of things, if, of just anything? Is it easy to start things? So when I, when I went to work for Robert Thornton, a builder here in town, you know, 15 years ago, whatever, he said, we can start projects all day long. He said, we don't have a problem getting people in the door who want to build a house, who want to do this thing. He said, but getting it finished, getting all the little details taken care of, he said, that's the hard part. And so that was why he hired me. He was like, I need somebody to come in and be the closer, be the one that you know, is going to write lists and do all the things that need to be done to get things done. And now that I own my own business, and I don't have one of me as you know, that guy, I discovered it's really true. It's all the, just the little, silly little things that kind of hang on. So I've got, in my phone, I've got a list of you know, the, the jobs that I have going. And I put like a different little mark next to the beginning of each one, depending on what's going on, just to try to kind of remind myself. Because, you know, I've got probably 12 names on that list. There's probably two or three jobs that I go to on a regular basis that, you know, are kind of the ones that are really in progress and moving and things like that. But it's, the, it's those other ones. A lot of those other ones are just little, you know, I'm waiting on, especially right now with the way the things are so screwed up right now, I'm waiting on these next two little things, you know. When are they supposed to be here? Well, one of them's supposed to be here late February. The other one's mid-March, you know. It's like, you know, I'd like to be able to get that as much as anything just out of my mind, you know. So to me, I, I, I recognize being able to finish something is much better than, you know, because starting it, it's easy. You ever started a puzzle and then went, nope, putting it back in the box, you know. Um, my dad, when we, were, when we were moving his shop, his wood shop from where he was to where he is now, and actually I guess we moved it to storage first, but you know, come across all kinds of projects that got started but never got finished. You know? um, and some of us are worse about that than others, and I'm certainly one of those. Um, all right, uh, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. Right, right, yeah. If I think I'm the one that has to bring it all to a close and to a head, and, and that's, you know, that's what I, I struggle with that in work as well as anything else is, you know, how am I going to have the resources and the, the stuff and the people and the, you know, all this to make it happen, and, and that's when I have to, I find myself sometimes, you know, go, I'd like to say often, it's probably not really often, but there are times when I definitely, in my prayer time in the morning, I, I, I think through, okay, here's the projects I've got going on, I need to pray for these people. And then other times I completely forget. And um, you know, it's like, I need to remember that I'm serving them, I need to be praying for them and for what's, you know, but I lose track, for sure. Yes. 
Right. And then finish it when it's done, and then now we're showing the finish. Right. Finish. Yeah. And yeah. Then, yeah, so starting well helps us to end well. If we know what we're doing on the front end, it knows how to, it helps us to know how to get to the, to the back end for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of my sons, he has his cables are all out of scale. Okay. Those are plugged for a water bottle and then from my dad. Okay. So I asked him what was the hardest part and he said that first pull out. Because <laughs> it was such a commitment. Yeah. 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 But not that consciously he doesn't have to succeed. Yeah. 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 There's a Right. Right. That certainly can be. Um, okay. So we know that patience, and that's, this is the second half of this verse, we know that patience is better than prideful arrogance, um, but why does he put these two things together? <laughs> Don't know. I think, I think it's because, in my opinion, and this is the way I've, for several years, have seen it, anger comes from pride. Anger is a result of me believing things shouldn't be working out the way they are for me. So this person shouldn't be doing these things to me that are making me angry. Life shouldn't be working out this way. I don't deserve this, therefore I get angry. So that's, I think, I think anger comes from pride. Um, and um, any, any agreement, disagreement with that? Yeah. I think Yes. Right. I know that somebody made me sick. Yes. I don't have to be sick. I mean, she doesn't even have to act that way. It's like, well, I thought she was sick. Right. You know what? Well, I can do this for a while. Right. Right. I need to do this. Right. I need to be in control. I need to be the one that's, that's keeping track of all these things. And to a degree, I, you know, like in my business, I do need to keep track of things. But there's so much that I recognize. I was talking with a guy at lunch this week. He said, I realize I am not adequate for what I do. You know, I'm not the smartest guy. I'm not the, you know, I have a terrible memory, you know. And so it's really the blessing of the Lord that he reminds me of things in the right time. And yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. You've got your chores you got to do. You got to go, you know, feed the chickens. You got to go do whatever it is. But, but yeah, it's not like you're the one responsible for making the chickens lay the eggs or making the crop come up or, you know, making it rain. I can't do that. And worrying certainly isn't going to change it. Oh, I know. Really? <laughs> um, so how are you actually doing with this battle day to day? Would you describe yourself as an angry person, person or more patient or impatient? If you think you're pretty patient, then I would ask, do you have any toddlers around? Um, oops, yeah. 
Proverbs 16, 32, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. There's a lot of verses in Proverbs and other places about anger. Um, all right, let me, let me keep going. Verse 9, do not be eager in your heart to be angry, for anger resides in the bosom of fools. Um, how does this tie in with verse 8? Here's what I think. Anger comes from pride. So if A equals B and B equals C, then C must equal A or whichever. Um, I think if we connect the dots, we see that f pride is foolishness, right? Yes. Right. Anger is just a quick reaction, typically. Um, it's just that knee jerk, <clears throat> frustrated, and I'm angry. Um, what's that? Yeah, because I can't, I can't make it happen. I don't have the power. I don't have the resources. I don't have whatever to, to make it happen. Um, do you know anyone who seems to like to be angry? <laughs> I know that my brother, before he passed away, he, he would pick a fight just because he liked to fight. Just he liked a good argument and would get down in the mud with you and, you know, all those kind of things. And he was an angry person. He, he kind of seemed to enjoy the emotion of it. I think that for a lot of people, you see a lot of people these days who seem to be looking for something to get mad about. And I think that they're just looking for something to feel. They just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the reasons are. Um, uh, let's see. Sorry. So how does Solomon describe wisdom elsewhere? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, so I think when we show our anger, we, we demonstrate a lack of respect, a lack of fear of the Lord. I think truly God's the only one who really has a right to be angry. I've got several verses here I'm going to share. James 1, 19 to 20, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Proverbs 4.17, a quick-tempered man acts foolishly, and a man of evil devices is hated. Proverbs 19.11, a man's discretion makes him slow to anger, and it is, it is his glory to overlook a transgression. And then Ephesians 4.26, be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So we are not called to never be angry, but we have to be careful. The, the times that our anger is justified are pretty few and far between, I think. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, the person who gets angry easily messes things up, for sure. That typically is the case. All right, verse 10, do not say, why is it, why is it that the former days were better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you ask about this. What's wrong with asking why or about talking about how the old days about how the old days were better? What good does it do? 
right? Were the, but were the old days really better? What, you know, can we go back? Can we make our life, can we make our world really like it was 50 years ago? We can't do that. Um, this was a Wearsby quote. It's been said that the good old days are the combination of a bad memory and a good Im- imagination, and often this is true. I think there's some truth in that. Uh, I remember when we had moved back here from camp, and, and I was kind of going, yeah, I really miss that. We were, I was in a, a group of older guys, breakfast, and um, this one guy said, yeah, it's kind of like an old girlfriend, you know. You look back, ah, you know, yeah, she was pretty. She was, you know, whatever, but you don't remember some of the things that drove, her, drove you nuts, you know. Um, so it's kind of that same thing. We, we look back on the past as if everything was just really peachy and perfect, but we're really selective with our memories, I think. So is Solomon telling us not to study history? No. I don't think that's at all what he's saying. That's very different. Learning from the past is different than yearning for the past. It's a big difference there. Um, where should our focus be primarily? Today. On the Lord. Where do you find Jesus? Find him here now, right? He's in the future. He was in the past, but he's living with us right now. So are you choosing what is better? How do you know what is better? We find it in the Word. It's easy to lose track if we're not keeping ourselves grounded in the Word. Do you learn from or yearn from the past? Be in the present. That's where you will find Jesus. All right. We're pretty much out of time, but any last thoughts? Very good. Dan, will you pray for us? Thanks. Father, we thank you for your word. It changes the lives, it changes circumstances. We thank you for your patience with us. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you for all these blessings. We pray, Father, enable us to learn. Amen. Thanks.